All right, right now we're going to chat with Alicia Doyle. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Janine. How are you? Fantastic. Well, I'm glad to make this happen. My husband happened to put this article in front of me, and I, he said this would, she would be a great guest, and I'm so glad you had the time to do this. Well, I appreciate it. It's a huge honor for me, and especially uh, during this time of social um, isolation, it's nice to chat with another human being. Yes, and not <laughs> feel so isolated. I know. How are you handling all this? What are you doing right now to take care of your mental and physical health? I am trying to stay uh, as busy as much, much as possible. Uh, Ventura is under some pretty strict rules right now. They closed our beaches and our parks uh, the other day. Um, so a lot of folks, you know, we're, we're outdoorsy people, so we, we don't have that outlet anymore. So we're just all trying to adjust together as a community. Um, but um, it's an interesting time. It sure is. To say, the, yeah, to say the least. And I guess I'm comforted knowing we're all in this together on some level. Right. I, you know, that's really also why I reached out to you now, because I thought, you know, here's somebody who's gone through a lot. And then you found uh, boxing. What was it? You were 28? I was. I was 28 uh, when I discovered the sport. And I am I'm a journalist by trade. So I was working as a newspaper journalist when I got a call to go out on assignment uh, for a boxing gym for at-risk youth. So that's how I discovered it, and this was back in the 1990s. So here you were, an award-winning journalist, and you go on this assignment. Were you just captivated by what you saw? I love that question, and I, a full disclosure, I have to be honest, I never liked boxing. Before this assignment fell into my lap, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was the dark side. Um, I didn't want to have anything to do with the sport. So when I was in the newsroom and I got this phone call, um, it was a community activist. Uh, she was uh, seeking coverage for this boxing gym for at-risk youth that was destroyed as a result of the El Nino rains. Um, I don't remember the rains in 1990s. They destroyed quite a bit. Okay, yes. So um, because this gym served at-risk youth, it pulled up my heart a little bit, and I thought I might as well check this out. So I went on this assignment reluctantly, and as soon as I met uh, the owner of the gym and his family, I, I, I fell in love with them, first of all, because of their hearts and what they're doing for these kids. But then I started to delve in deeper and discovered what boxing did for these kids. You know, these are troubled kids. Uh, some of them were in gangs. Some of them were under house arrest. You know, they could only do certain things. But there was something about boxing that really helped their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It was a clean and sober environment. Um, it improved their lives. So why isn't this a movie? <laughs> I love that you asked that. They, I do. I have some interest um, in it right now. I am in communication with the director producers so that I'm hoping to move forward. Um, super excited about it. Um, when I was competing and I retired from the sport in 2000, I was approached uh, the first time mm-hmm. um, about about it being turned into a film. I, I wasn't ready back then. Um, I was still too close to it. Uh, not a word was written. Okay. In terms of the novel. So, yeah, it, it took me 20 years to write this novel. Um, but I'm very pleased with how it turned out. Did you also write the script? I have not written the script yet, but I wrote the novel in such a way that it could be easily translated into the script. Um, I worked very hard on the dialogue, um, which is very true to form. I journaled the entire time I was boxing, so oh. I have these wonderful quotes uh, verbatim from a lot of my coaches and mentors in the sport. Um and that's why the novel turned out as well as it did was because I was able to capture these real-life things that occurred. Um, it is nonfiction, okay. so it is based on a true story. Yeah. I love that. I, I took the screenwriting program at UC Irvine, and I could just envision the two arcs, you know, a kid mm-hmm. that you, you know that, that's involved in boxing, and then you. 
Yeah. Um, there's a lot of beautiful layers to the novel, and it's simply because I was I was given a multi-layered experience. Um, the mm-hmm. first book is, you know, talks about my fights. I remember every fight like it was yesterday, so the reader does get, you know, a play-by-play of every round with dialogue um, in between rounds when I'm in the corner, so the reader gets to see, you know, what happens in a fight, what mm-hmm. happens in the corner, my thought process during the fight. Um, so, so that was really fun to, to play out. I want to mention you won two Golden Gloves uh, championship titles and earned three wins by knockout. Whoa. Yes. Yes, I, I was fortunate. I did very well. Um, I'm very grateful that I did. Um, I was only about uh, among about 400 women in America who were boxing at the time, and that was the significance of it. Um, girl fighters were a big commodity back then, but at the same time, we were fighting um, to reverse the stigma surrounding women's boxing. Uh, back then, we were largely regarded as a joke. People called us the, the freak show. Uh, we were really? Terrible. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, here we were, these athletes in this male-dominated sport fighting for our rights just to be viewed as athletes and not as women. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a huge challenge. But, but um, once I got there and once I earned the respect from these men, it was a really fantastic experience. Do, are there certain role models you had in the boxing world as far as women? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and, of course, they're in the book, these amazing women. Um, i got to give a shout-out to a woman who's still boxing now. She's an eight-time world champion now. Her name is Layla McCarter. Um, wow. I, so when I was boxing, I was almost 30 years old, so a lot of the girls I was competing against, uh, some of them were teenagers. And <laughs> Layla McCarter was a, t- was a teenager. Amazing. First time I stepped into the ring with her. Um, and the sportsmanship level of this young woman was astounding, and it was something I carried into every fight I had subsequently uh, because she's wise beyond her years. Um, but she's in three chapters of the book because she had such an impact on me. I, I stepped in the ring with her twice, and then after that she ended up working my corner in a subsequent fight. So um, and we had a long-standing relationship. And I, I got to point out that when I was competing that women were not allowed to box in the Olympics. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not know that either until I approached my coach and said, Hey, coach, I want to box in the Olympics. And he said, uh, women are not allowed to box in the Olympics now, which I remember being really surprised by that, thinking the times that we're in. Um, women were allowed to box in the Olympics in 2012, which was not that long ago. And I believe myself, all my amazing competitors, and all the women that who boxed before us, we paved the way for women to box in the Olympics now. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Yeah. Um, it's it's remarkable. I you know it's a, it's a shared collective effort, literally through blood, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Literally, that we all we all were part of this amazing thing, and um, and it you know it, it changes you. The, the sport you know it's incredibly dangerous, but it's also largely st- strategic. It's mental, and for me, it changed me from the inside out. It, it became my salvation. Because at the time before you discovered boxing, what were you doing as an outlet to take care of yourself? Oh, when I was competing? Or, no, uh, before you discovered boxing, was there something you were doing athletically? That's a great question. I um, I was doing something called Taibo. Oh, yeah. And that was pretty pretty popular, Billy Blank, mm-hmm. where I used to live. Um, his studio was right down the street, so I used to take that quite a bit. It was a fantastic workout. Um, so I was in pretty good cardio shape. But boxing is uh, a thousand times harder, naturally. Oh, yeah. But what got me into the boxing gym to actually take a class was um, I had reported on Kids Loves Boxing for about a year before I ever stepped in to take a class. And the owner of the gym was encouraging me for a long time to come take his class. I never took him up on it. 
um, what got me into the gym that day was I went through a pretty volatile breakup. And, and this is all in the book where okay. the boy I was with, he hit me more than once <gasps> in the face. Um, yeah, naturally, I was quite upset about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, that's a lot of women's story. Yes. So when I, um, I was so bloody angry that all I wanted to do was hit something. Yes. I, I can't even explain. I just wanted to punch something over and over again. Sure. So I went to, to, to kick gloves boxing to take Robert's boxing aerobics class. And um, after I hit that heavy bag for an hour in his class, I felt better. Good. Amazing. And there was something about it, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I went back to war, and before I knew it, I was taking two to three classes back to back, five days, six days a week. I mean, it was that intense. And then um, I started training solo uh, by myself in the boxing gym, you know, watching the other boxers, mimicking their moves. And then soon enough, coaches from other gyms started to notice my training because I, I trained pretty hard, and I stood out being a female. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got involved, was um, a coach, uh, Stan Ward. He is certainly in the book. Um, he's the one I partnered with first for my first amateur fight, uh, but he's the one that really got me into it. And from that point on, I had um, some incredible coaches and trainers and mentors, and I was very fortunate that I aligned with these men who um, did not objectify me in any way. Great. They viewed me as an athlete. I, I gotta give a props to them for that because I I really lucked out. I feel like you're a great role model for any girls playing any sport at any level for what you went through. Does does your ex by any chance know you became a boxer? <laughs> I I am pretty certain he knows. Yeah. Um, uh, because when I received some very nice press, I've been very fortunate and very grateful for that. Um, yeah. You know, if he's been online, I'm sure he's seen it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have wondered that, too. That's a great question. Um, but I'll tell you this. I will never be a, a victim of domestic violence ever again. You bet. <laughs> you bet. Wow. You turned something negative into a huge positive. I did, and um, i got to give that up to, to a higher power because I look back at how everything unfolded and what I needed at the time and, and, you know, the things that I, you know, the, the low self-esteem I was suffering, you know, that really was a foundation of why I was in that abusive relationship to begin with. Mm-hmm. I had to really take a hard look at myself, you know, what was my role in that? Why would I accept that? You know, and transcend all of those things. And, and I appreciate that you view me as a positive role model. I, oh yeah. I think that's wonderful, but I, I got it. I can't really take credit for that. I got to give that up to something higher that led me to this sport um, it was completely serendipitous. So you're basically saying um, the sport chose you, you didn't choose it. I believe it chose me. Yeah, I get um, that. I believe I needed something and, and that I was suffering inside and, you know, from, for about, you know, over things that I never told anyone about. Um, and that was a struggle in writing the novel because I put it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be vulnerable. I had to be honest with my readers because readers are going to know. I don't sugarcoat anything in that novel, but I think that's why it's, it's hitting home with people. It's because I'm so honest and because I'm vulnerable and, you know, talking about forgiveness and having to forgive things and experiences from my past, but also had to forgive myself. Yeah. First and foremost, forgive myself and accept the things that I, you know, that I had taken on and, and just how to get through them. Like my big saying is the only way out is through. Yes, definitely. Well, I feel like, you know, sometimes you go through something really awful to get to the good stuff. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, you had to go through some really, really hard, dark times, but it brought you to this very moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and because of that... I used to not like the dark side of myself. I call it my shadow side, my dark mm-hmm. side. I 
tried to push that side away. I didn't want to address it. I certainly didn't want to talk about it. I certainly didn't want anybody to know that side of me. Um, but I realized by not embracing it and looking at it, and again, the only way out is through, by not going through that process, I was denying a huge part of myself. I was not loving myself. Yeah. I believe we need to love ourselves completely and fully, and that includes loving our shadow side. Yeah. That's a big piece of it. Um, I believe that scars make us who we are, and without these scars, we wouldn't exist. Oh, yes. So all those painful things that I used to hate about myself that I wish didn't happen, now I'm so grateful that they did because they did bring me to this point that I, um, I am at now. Mm -hmm. I, I did come to a certain level of enlightenment. Um, I'm still working on that. I'm still, I'm still learning. Um, I'm not going to say all my issues and everything that I dealt with, that you know, they're gone and I'm cured. That would be a lie. It's not true. <laughs> right. I, I am I get it. triggered from time to time. But right. again, the only way out is through. And now I'm able to just cope better and look at it head on and embrace the, sh the shadow side and the darkness and love that part of myself. And when I do that, I can transcend and get to the other side. But it, but it's it's a day-to-day -day thing. Sure it is. Yeah. Somebody once said, and I love this, write from your scars, not from your wounds, because those are the lessons. That's the, those are the learning moments when you when you've mm -hmm. been able to do that. And I feel like that's what you've done. Thank you for uh, for recognizing that. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, and it only took two decades. <laughs> 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 it only took me two decades to write the book. Yeah, um, that's okay. Because um, you know the initial drafts, the earlier drafts, um, they were they were very angry. Mm -hmm. And very and very unforgiving and and I thought I can't put this into the world I can't do this yeah. I can't do this to myself and I can't do this to the world sure I, I had to, to look at my experience as something beautiful and I and, and express it in a beautiful way so that it, so that it reaches people on a positive level definitely but at the same time being very real so we're gonna have to wrap soon but where can people find find you uh, their social media or a website so aliciadoyle.com is my website. Fighting Chance is sold on uh, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. It's being sold uh, globally, okay. so you can find it online. Um, people can certainly find more information about me on my website at aliciadoyle.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram Disaster Diva Boxers, because my boxing name was Disaster Diva. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty easy to find. Excellent. Thank you so much for calling in. I've really enjoyed chatting with you, and uh, congratulations on your book. Sometimes it takes a long time for something to come to fruition, but it's even better when you wait. Absolutely. Yes, all good things come uh, to those who wait. Is that the saying? <laughs> yes, it is. You got it. You nailed it. Uh, thank you, Janine. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide.